Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. everybody and welcome to the latest man on the post european podcast i am your host james rowe and once again i'm joined by my partner in crime scott monroe scott good evening how are you yeah good evening not too bad um been a busy last couple of weeks of work and uh, i did some football writing in the last couple of weeks had a a nice blog about patrick schick going up um he went from Roma to Red Bull leipzig and i just mm-hmm. analyzed his two years at Roma and um just just counting down the days to my holiday to New York. Indeed, a couple more weeks. Indeed, New York, New York, New York, eh? Yeah, New York, New York. Is it your first time there? Uh, first time to New York, probably my sixth time to to the United States. I was going to say, and the first time in New York can be a little bit overwhelming, I must say. I mean, I've I've been fortunate enough to be there to, to have gone there twice uh, in 2013 and 2016, and I remember the first time. You feel like you're in a movie because you think you've. Hang on a minute, I've seen that. I've seen that before. But it's a it's a it's a wonderful, wonderful city, and uh, I think you'll have a great time. I can't wait. I'm buzzing for it. I can imagine what a position to be in, eh? <laughs> one minute you, one minute you at the um, uh, was it the, the county grounds at Swindon? Yep. And then the next minute you're in Times Square. Yep, that will that does fall. We are at home on the 28th, and then I fly out the 30th. So yeah. In a space of two days, I'll be watching Swindon at home, and then I'll be in New York. Yeah, what a life Scott Momo has! It. <laughs> what a life the man has! But it's all been built from the ground up, so I take my hat off uh, to him. Uh, we are going to talk about the Champions League and Europa League draws because there was a fair few tasty draws coming out of the hat in Neon, and we're going to do everything in chronological order because that's how we roll. And we are going to start with the Champions League group. A, which consists of Club Bruges, Galatasaray, Paris Saint-Germain and Real Madrid. Scott, what are your thoughts on Group A? So, Paris Saint-Germain and Real Madrid meet again. Where have I seen this before? Uh, yeah, I try. Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's a good, that's a good, uh, a good observation. It's a bit like Groundhog Day, but not in a fun way, because to get coincidental matches every now and again, fair enough, but it's just now so... Uh, such a closed shop with uh, with only six participants from the qualifiers coming through instead of uh, instead of ten what it used to be. These fixtures are going to become more and more commonplace, in my opinion. Yeah, and I just think it's with the Champions League now. You've got the two massive teams in there who, with the wealth of money they get year in year out, with uh, Real Madrid and PSG in between Club Bruges and Galatasaray. Galatasaray have spent done so well in their transfer window the yeah. amount of players they've brought in um, it, to be honest between Club Rouge and Galatasaray it's a race for third in Europa League football isn't it mm. 
Well, stranger things have happened. Oh, and uh, stranger things are happening. In, I mean, in for example, football. oh yeah, no, but it's nothing. St- the great thing is, is that nothing stays the same forever. No, God no. I mean, we we could we could go through a, a we'll go through tonight, and I'm sure in eighty percent of the cases we will we will we will agree. But I think you know, as, as history tells you, what you think is going to happen, and you go like clockwork predicting what you think. Maybe only 80 percent, 70 percent of the time you actually get it spot on. There is it's still tournament football and there's always surprises in tournament football, regardless of the level. I I couldn't agree more, but I just sort of feel with the the spending power and the the players that both Real Madrid and PSG are brought in, I just feel that it's going to be a race between them two for top spot and for Club Bruges and... Galatasaray, no disrespect to both those teams. It's a, a race for third and European football beyond mm-hmm. beyond Christmas. We shall see. What's your prediction for how Group A will pan out? Um, I think PSG, Real Madrid, Galatasaray and Club Bruges. Right. I will go Real Madrid to top it, Paris Saint-Germain to finish second, Galatasaray to finish third and Club Bruges to finish fourth. We are now going to move on to Group B. We're having to go at a bit of a pace, uh, listeners, because we've got a hell of a, a lot of groups to get through and we want to keep it as tight and, most importantly, as enjoy- enjoyable for the listeners and for us as possible. And um, we are going to move on to Group B, which is Red Star, Belgrade, Bayern Munich, Olympiakos and Tottenham. Scott, what are your thoughts on Group B? There's an, um Red Star Belgrade, aren't they part timers? According to someone, uh, I think it was Stephen Warnock who, yeah, uh, didn't it did sort of disgraced himself a little. Did no research and said that they're part timers, uh, but that was a bit poor. I, I quite like this group. It's it's quite open. Um, I think Spurs might get found out a little bit, but I still think they'll go through. How do you think it will go down? Uh- I think that I, I know, um, people will criticise me and say, uh, yeah, you're an Arsenal fan, you're never going to speak good of Spurs. But you only have to look at how well both Olympiacos did and Red Star Belgrade did in the qualifiers. And as we know last year with Ajax, you know, some, to- some tournaments and some teams can have their time where it all clicks. And um, I actually fancy... Um, I actually fancy Red Star Belgrade to go along to go through along with Bayern Munich. Oh, I've been I've been in Belgrade. I was in I was there on a city break about uh, a year and a half ago, and I went to their um, I went to their um, I went to their Champions League. Well, around about a year ago, just over a year ago, I went to their Champions League qualifier against Sudova, and there wasn't it wasn't a packed out stadium, but it was lively to say the least. And what an atmosphere they stir up. They stir up a tremendous, tremendous atmosphere, as Liverpool saw last year when they uh, lost when 2-0. They, when they lost 2-0. And I, and I repeat, Red Star Belgrade were priced at 14-1 to here in the Netherlands to win that game. And yours truly put two euros on it. And that's one of the best bets I think I've ever done. Because at 14-1 to for a team playing at home, and Red Star Belgrade make home advantage count. They really, really do. And I just think they've been knocking on the door, you know, recently, and they've had a great qualifying campaign. Okay, they, you could say, you could argue they were lucky to beat FC Copenhagen on penalties, but I just think there's 
I just think sometimes it's their time and, and not to discount Olympiacos who have also done well. But having watched Red Star Belgrade the season before in that qualifier against Saduva, which they won 3-0, and um, having watched how they're coming together, I just think it's their time. And, and just to say as well, with um, with uh, the ignorance of some about them being part-timers, how many part-time teams do you know have won 19 domestic titles at top right level? None. No. I, I, was, I think it was due to... Um, he found out on a, you know one of these EFL Bible um, Twitter pages that um, the guy who scored two goals against Red Star, uh, for Red Star Belgrade against Liverpool last season, he was like part-time, so Stephen Warnock got off there and then apologised by tagging in the Red Star Belgrade uh, basketball team. So that did not go down well on social media and with the Red Star Belgrade fans. And understandably, and also they are a great bunch. I mean, I, I can say as well, I uploaded some of my photos of that trip to Red Star Belgrade going to watch that, that match. And I uploaded uh, some photos of the ground and outside and all the murals. And when I uploaded it on Twitter for fellow followers to see, a lot of the Red Star fans, they were so grateful. They said, you know, oh, wonderful photos. We don't get as much coverage in terms of not many people knowing. Oh, thank you so much. And I did it just to say, look, a fantastic stadium, fantastic club. I mean, I remember when they drew with Arsenal in the Europa League the first year we was in it. And I couldn't make the game, unfortunately, because I, I, I chose to go to the Premier League match against uh, Huddersfield. But I see Belgrade in their own Stadium, um, the start of the following season and I just think this is their time now and I think they will go through second behind um, behind Bayern Munich. Uh, Scott, what is your prediction for Group B? That is your first bold prediction of 2019-2020. Won't be the last. And we're Won't only, be the last. We're recording this on the 4th of September. It's 18.54, so 6.54 mine time. Uh, so I'm okay. going to go Bayern Munich Tottenham by uh, a couple of points ahead of Red Star, which Red Star will push them, and Saudi Olympiacos in fourth. Okay, I will go for Bayern Munich, Red Star, Belgrade, Tottenham Hotspur, and Olympiacos. Uh, we are now going to move on to Group C, which I think you have already treated out what you think is going to happen, but still, I'd like you to elaborate on it for the listeners. That mm. is Atalanta, Dynamo Zagreb, Manchester City, and again, Shakhtar Donetsk. Shakhtar Donetsk against Manchester City is another game which has been played many, many occasions. Um, and, and not the last uh, example we will give on this podcast this evening. Scott, what are your thoughts on Group C? Uh, so what is that? Will this be the third time that Manchester City and Shakhtar played each other recently? I know they played... I know Shakhtar beats... Uh, Manchester City under the guidership of the now Roma coach Paolo Fonseca. Um, mm. I think Manchester City will be too strong for this group. Um, the way they've started the season, bar the Tottenham draw, which VAR came to intervene and help them out, uh, help Spurs out with the new handball law, which mm. is causing problems here in the UK. Um, I don't think many fans and pundits are grasping the law, but. For me, it's a race for second place between the other three. And I do think the way that Atalanta play and the players that they've brought in, they will shock quite a few teams this season. And I think they will grab second place with Shakhtar finish third and Dynamo Zagreb finishing in fourth. 
I fully concur. But we, but my, I would say to that, I fully concur also in terms of positions. But is it? Would it be a shock for them to get through their group? It wouldn't be for me. No, nor me, nor me. They've they've no. uh, played some excellent football in the last few years under Gasparini, uh, especially in Serie A and in the Europa League a couple of years ago. Remember, they they absolutely went to Goodison Park and won five one. They won the return leg three nil. Um, that was against the Everton side in transition under Unsworth. And then under Sam Allardyce, I imagine. And then remember the first game was under Ronald Koeman. But yeah, they've been turning heads in Italy in, in the last few years, and I, I imagine they will do it for far yeah, for a few more years and in the Champions League this season. Yeah, it will be very interesting. We are now going to move on to Group D, which is Atletico Madrid, Bayer Leverkusen, Juventus. And Locomotive Moscow. What's your thoughts on Group D, Scott? Uh, so, uh, go. will want to get revenge over Juventus, over what happened in March. Um, if we rewind the clock just a little bit, that Juventus were 2-0 down in the first leg of the round of 16 and won the second leg 3-0, evidently to get knocked out by Ajax in the next round. But I think the way that Atletico have spent this season and the, the prowess they brought in and Juventus starting the season with a 1-0 win and a crazy 4-3 game against Napoli, I do think that Atletico and Juventus will be top two. OK, and we, in which order? Uh, Atletico 1, Juventus 2 I will go opposite I think Juventus was top of the group Atletico uh, second by Leverkusen third yes. and Locomotive Moscow uh, fourth maybe there are Moscow fans tuning in and as I say this is not ignorance and you've obviously done very very well to get um, and become champions and get into the um, Champions League um, by your own merit and very very well done but if you think of the away days in particular, Locomotive Moscow have going to the going to Leverkusen, going to Turin, and going to Madrid. They're three day, they're three away days. You don't want full stop, let alone in one particular group. So that's a very very tough task for them. I completely agree. I think it'd be three horrible away days for them. Yeah, we are be very interesting to see how that pans out. We are now going to move on to Group E, which is uh, Red Bull Salzburg, Genk. Liverpool and Napoli. Scott, what are your thoughts on Group E? Liverpool and Napoli again. Yeah, again. <laughs> that's, is that the third example we can give tonight? And yeah. we're only, we've still got three more groups to go. Um, I will say this. I did tweet this out. Uh, Napoli are going to be quite fun to watch this season. Um, they've brought in a couple of exciting players. And I think one that you have watched quite a bit grow in the last couple of years and to, when he came on on Saturday he completely changed the dynamics of the games again, uh, game against Juventus and that's Herven Lozano um, mm. I'm really intrigued and quite excited to what he can bring to Napoli I wonder if he'll play out wide or if he'll go into the second striker role they've also brought in Fernando Lorente for backup for Arcadius Milik who Milik is out injured and I think will be back in the next couple of weeks but I do think Salzburg might cause a bit of problems and Henk mm-hmm. as well are not a bad side either. So I do think this would be a tight group, but I do see that Liverpool and Napoli will go through and then Salzburg will finish third, just above Henk, Genk in fourth. Henk. 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 <laughs> Henk. Get the yeah, Dutch and Belgian. Yeah, obviously being speaking fluent Dutch for more than a decade now, I'm able to pronounce it properly. So, uh, 
Once again, we are sorry to the supporters of Genk to say that your team will finish bottom. And um, but obviously, they, again, by their own by their own merits, they've done well to get to the Champions League. Um, my prediction is that I think Napoli will top the group. Ah, I think Napoli will top it. I I did not expect them to drop down into the Europa League last season, and I was at the quarter I was at the quarter final match. Um, when Arsenal played them in London back in April. And to be honest, I expected much more than really I did. They had the likes of Dries Mertens and Koulibaly and Galejon, and I expected more from them, although Arsenal did deserve to win. I think you make a great point about Red Bull Salzburg. I think it's about, um, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how they jostle for position with, uh, with, uh, Henk. But by the same token, they could also, um, they could also, um, make a play for second place, possibly. You also mustn't forget that the eventual winners of this competition last season lost all three of their away days away games, yeah. in Naples, Paris and Belgrade, respectively, and still went on to win the competition. So Liverpool have got to pick up their away form in order to, to put that right. But um, I concur with you in the positions of this group. And uh, we move on to Group E, which is, I think, the most mouth-watering, really. And I think Slavia Prague, you know, it's not often that a team from the Czech Republic reaches the um, Champions League group stage. But what a treat for them, especially with the away days they've got going to Milan, going to Dortmund and going to Barcelona. And by law of averages, they are not going to get embarrassed every single game. I'm certain they'll pick up at least one point. They're not going to lose every they're not going to lose they're not going to lose all six. I think they'll they'll surprise somebody and give someone a bloody nose. Scott, what's your predictions about Group F? God, I did feel uh, when the camera panned to the Slavia Prague um, higher up guys in the Champions League draw, and his face. Uh, I think the guy they panned the camera to, he's, he just he just dropped, and his face just went down, and just like. Oh, why us? Why us in that group of just three massive teams in Europe? Um, I do feel sorry for them. I, I, I sort of disagree. I think they might get beat in all six games, but I don't think they will disgrace themselves. Mm. But the race for second place in this group is going to be quite interesting. It, as I, I, I am going to repeat this again. Inter Milan and Barcelona meet again in the Champions League group stage like they did last season. Oh, very interesting. Again, another example of recent games coming together. Scott, what's your prediction of how Group F will finish? Oh, God, this group is so hard to tell. Um, Barcelona started indifferently in La Liga, Inter Milan and two from two, and Borussia Dortmund got uh, got absolutely stunned by Union Berlin at the weekend. So a lot of things can change between September and December, but I do think it's going to be Barcelona and Inter Milan, but Inter Milan just, I think they will qualify on the final game of the group stage. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I think Conte has really made a mark. I mean, we spoke about how we think they were going to win Serie And if you look at the real leaders in that team, and uh, it's already still early, they have got a bit into a football unit. We all know this being an expert of Italian football, but Inter have always been criticised for having enough tactical nous and enough heart and enough fight. Well, they've got it in spades with the players they've got and the manager they've got. And I think they will surprise. I think it would be a shame for Dortmund to drop down. But, you know, it's just, um, I think this group will, 
definitely go to the final day though in terms of jostling for position and I think it's the most interesting group to follow throughout the entire Champions League uh, group stage I think Do you think that someone will go out with 10 or 11 points in this group? Possibly Possibly, yeah. I think that's, I think that's a, I think that's a great point as well. I really do because I think it's going to be that it's going to be that tight. But then then again, with um, you know, with uh, you can't say that a team that's reached the Champions League is going to go on to lose uh, every single game. I mean, I spoke to the uh, Dutch striker of uh, Slavia Prague, Mika van Buren, uh, about two years ago now, and he was telling me about the time they were preparing to face BLAL in the Champions League in the Europa League. Sorry. And um, how they managed to, I think, obtain a draw. So again, they were written off in the Europa League and managed to get quite far. And um, they're seasoned in Europe as well, Slavia Prague. They're, they're no mugs. And um, I think they'll give someone a, a bloody nose at the very least. We're now going to move on to Group G, which in my opinion is the toughest group to call of Benfica, Lyon, uh, RB Leipzig and Senesh and Petersburg. Scott, what are your thoughts on Group G? That's a tough group because all four are very, um, very good teams, and three of the teams are very well known in Europe. And RB Leipzig have um, are not well known in Europe, but they've they've actually done pretty well in the last couple of years in in the and not in the Champions League in the Bundesliga. Sorry, start starting my words there. Um, I do think Leon under um, Silvino and Janini and Pernambucano. And their guidanceship will, like Atalanta, like the style of football they play. They've started brilliantly in Liga in this season. I think they will cause a lot of problems. And I do think between Zenit, Benfica and Leipzig, I think those are the three teams will be pushing the second. But I will say this, I do think RB Leipzig will finish second. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a real difficult one to call. Um, I actually think that... Um, I think if I'm brutally honest, I, I think Senes and Petersburg are going to do something in this group. Yeah, I think they probably might. I think, like I said in the last group, I think it will go down to the final game between yeah. them and Leipzig. I don't think Benfica will do much. I feel, sort of think they could do something like they did last season. They were quite tepid last season. I know you went to the Ajax Benfica game. Yeah, they were. You associate Benfica with attacking football, and I have never seen a more conservative Barcelona uh, Benfica setup. You know, this is the the People's Club of Lisbon. This is the People's Club of of um, of Portugal. This club is gargantuan. This club is absolutely mammoth, huge. And I, I flattered it. Although Ajax did deserve to win and managed to get the winning injury time, I, I was a bit. Taken aback by, you know, is, is this really Benfica I'm watching? But shortly afterwards, uh, the manager of Peru, Victoria, was exp- um, exp- um, relieved of his duties. Um, your predictions for Group G, uh, Scott? So I will go Leon, RB Leipzig, Zanet, and Benfica. I will go. I, I have a feeling Zenith St. Petersburg are going to top it. Don't, mm. don't ask me why. It's just, I just fancy them with home advantage as well. It's a difficult place to go, St. Petersburg. Um, instead of St. Petersburg to top the group, I fancy Leipzig to finish second. I'll go for Benfica to finish third. And I don't think Lyon... I, I just don't think... I mean, yes, they're doing well domestically, 
But whether that will translate into European success as quickly, I'm not entirely sure. I think they'll continue to do well domestically, but I think their European exploits may well suffer. We're now going to move on to the final Champions League group, which consists of Ajax, Chelsea, Lille and Valencia. Scott, what are your thoughts on um, on Group H? It's a tough draw for Frank Lampard and Chelsea. Um, We we did talk about this in the WhatsApp group because Ryan who, I'm not going to make the joke, is a regular on our, on our Extra Time podcast. He, he's a Chelsea fan. And I do think they might struggle in this group. I do feel sorry for, for Lille as they lost a couple of players. They lost Thiago Mendes and uh, Nicolas Pepe. But they did get £100 million plus for the both of the players. Mendes has gone to Lyon and um, Pepe's gone to your boys, Arsenal. But mm-hmm. I do think Lille will cause a bit of problems. There's a bit of turmoil up above at Valencia. And um, there's, I think it's between Peter Lim and the board members in Singapore and stuff. And then the sporting director, that it's, it's all gone off. And I don't think they started the season well in, in La Liga. But I do think Ajax... I think Ajax and Lille, oh God, this is tough. Oh my God, I do think Ajax and maybe Lille will go through. You reckon Lille? Yeah, I think Lille will cause, I think that's my, that's my red star to your, to your familiar. Indeed, so you you think Ajax will top the group? Yeah, I think Ajax will top the group. Okay, Uh, so you're going Ajax, Lille and then? Chelsea, Valencia. Okay, very interesting. I will. I fancy Ajax to top the group. I fancy Valencia to finish second. I fancy Lille to finish third, and I think Chelsea will finish bottom. Sorry, Ryan, it's not deliberate. It's, it's, it's not. It's, do you think it's uh, the way they've started this season yeah, with the transfer yeah, ban and the tactics and what happened? Yeah, last but not season? just not just not just that. Getting thumped to Old Trafford, leading. Sheffield United, who, again, don't get enough credit. I mean, I saw a fantastic quote. I don't really pay much attention to have your say on BBC, but there was this one quote that this guy wrote, and I I, I can't remember who wrote it, and and I do apologise. I'm not plagiarising. I just wanted to to repeat what the man wrote, and he wrote the following. Uh, Chelsea 2, Sheffield United 2. Here you see the difference of one manager who's worked his way up through all four divisions to become a Premier League manager and his opposite number who got his Premier League manager's job because of his name. Yeah. And I think that's an absolute tremendous point. I mean, I've spoken to players that have played under Chris Wilder and they (laughs) they cannot, they can, honestly, the man, I I think people will will realise before the season is out how good he actually is. And you only have to go back to... um, so the points total that you got are the likes of Sheffield United and Northampton and just Oxford. how, I mean, I, I spoke to Richard Stearman last November and he said, you know, about, he's never, he's ne- in the words of Richard Stearman about Chris Wilder, he's never known anybody that can stand up in front of a group of squad of players and motivate every single one of them and make every single one of them feel equally important and ready to run through a brick wall for him. And I just think it will be difficult for Lampard to, um, to translate what's going on in the Premier League. Again, three difficult away days. Lille, Valencia and Ajax. 
And uh, the Ajax match also takes place at uh, five to seven local time because uh, the, um, they've been staggering the Champions League uh, kickoff times since last season. Yes. So it'll be, so it'll be very interesting. But uh, yeah, shout out to Ryan. It's not it's not deliberate, but um, maybe they will surprise us. But uh, it's a hell of a. I mean, I, I think Lampard was a tremendous player first and foremost. He got tremendous. But as as someone who's interviewed the likes of Danny Cowley, like I have, and Graham Potter, and uh, and others, you know, um, managing uh, at the bottom level and building your way up, you know exactly what you need every year. And in the words of Danny Cowley, you know, continuity is such a rare thing in football. And going the long way round will ensure that, that you have eventually more longevity in that respect. Um, so you've gone for um, Ajax, Lille, Chelsea, and Valencia, yes? Yes, I will just say on. I da- will go for. I will just say this on. on Danny Cowley's been actually linked to the Huddersfield job today, so I saw yeah. he might go up on Chris Wilder. I sort of saw the seeds planted in his lovely three four one two with the overlapping centre backs, probably in. February, March time in 2017 when they, his Sheffield United side came to the county ground and that's the best football I've seen from an away side in a good couple of years. They won 4-2 mm-hmm. and they, they were top notch and it's really good to see that style of football be taken over in the Premier mm-hmm. League and the pundits not quite sure what's going on. I am saying Garth Crooks who did say something stupid say it was quite bland and i'm what did he say it said it was quite bland okay so if he's a premier league manager having started right at the bottom at oxford united and northampton and building your way up and um i can't believe the ignorance that people think sheffield united are going to get relegated i know i really can't i really can't i, I don't think they'll go down at all no, I, mean, I don't think, I think they'll I stay think up quite, quite, quite comfortably. I, I just think a lot of people are lazy. I mean, OK, I, okay, I'm in a position where I interview professional players and managers regularly and I get a bit of an insight. But the difference is I actually listen to what players and managers actually tell me. And I don't go, right, I don't go off in my own merry space writing whatever I want. It, the quotes that are published in my interviews are exactly what a manager or player has said. And I actually listen and it gives you a bit of an insight. And then at the end of the day, you're not so surprised when you see these players and managers um, doing uh, doing really great stuff. That concludes our Champions League um, preview for this season. We are now going to go very, very quickly through the Europa League groups. We're not going to elaborate as much what we think we're going to do to save time and to make it as enjoyable as possible. I am going to... Um, I'm going to state the four teams that are in a uh, specific group. Uh, Scott is going to give me his top two. I'm going to give um, my top two, and then we're going to move on. Does that okay. sound like a good? Yeah. Does that sound like a good idea? So many groups in the Europa League. So many teams. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So we're going to start with Group A, which is Apoel Nicosia, uh, F91 Dudelange, Carabag, and Sevilla. Scott, your top two. Uh, Sevilla and Carabag. I fully agree. Uh, Sevilla for me and Calabas. So uh, we're uh, on the same page for that one. Group B, Dynamo Kiev, Copenhagen, Lugano and Malmo. Dynamo Kiev, 
Oh, who was so? Who were the pre, the other the first team? Oh, was it Copenhagen? Dynamo Kiev, Copenhagen, Lugano, yep. Switzerland, and Malmo. Uh, Dynamo Kiev and Copenhagen. I will go for Dynamo Kiev and Malmo. We are now going to move on to Group C. FC Basel, Krasnodar from Russia, Getafe and Trabzonspor. Oh God, that's so tough. Um, Krasnodar. And I do. I think Getafe might surprise some people, so I'm going to go Getafe. Okay, I'm going to go for Trabzon uh, Sport to top it with Getafe to finish second. Group D is Las Glints of Austria, PSV Eindhoven, Rosenborg and Sporting Club de Portugal. Scott, your top two? Uh, PSV and Sporting Club de Portugal. PSV to top it? Yeah, I think PSV to top it. Okay, that's very interesting. Um, I will go for Sporting uh, Club de Portugal to top it. And PSV to finish second. Mm. Group E is Cluj, Lazio, Eren, um, and Celtic. Scott, your top two. Celtic and Cluj to meet again after they met each other in the uh, Champions League qualifiers. Uh, very strange. Very, very strange. Uh, Lazio, they're going to be fun to watch this season. Uh, a very open Rome derby at the weekend. And I do think Stade de Ren. Yep. I fully agree, and uh, I will sound the bell once again for what a good side Ren are, and I believe more and more people will uh, will come to find that out this season. So I will go Lazio number one and Ren number two. We're now going to move on to Group F, which is Arsenal, Frankfurt, Standard Liège, and Vitoria Guimarães. Scott, your top two? Uh, Arsenal and Frankfurt. Frankfurt just, I think, will be a battle between them and Standard Liège. Fully agree. Um, I will uh, not taking my uh, taking my Arsenal hat off, but you would expect our, I expect Arsenal to top that group. Speaking as a fan for a few moments, I expect Arsenal to top, to top that group. But I will say one thing, as I've said on a few Arsenal podcasts as well, this is the toughest Europa League group we have been in so far, and this is our third season in it. And I cannot believe for the life of me how easy some fans speak about this group. They are all difficult away games. Arsenal kick off on the 19th away to Frankfurt. And as far as I'm concerned, to set the tone of that group and for Arsenal to go on to have a good European campaign, we must win that game. But uh, very, very interesting to see how it happens. And I think Vittorio Guimaraes will give uh, the teams a good run for their money too. Group G is FC Porto, Feyenoord, Rangers and Young Boys of Bern. Scott, your top two. Ooh. Oh, was that... Fo- Sorry, could you repeat the teams? Sorry. Was F- that- FC Porto, Feyenoord, Rangers and Young Boys of Bern. Uh, Feyenoord and Rangers. I don't think FC Porto will do anything this year in the Europa League. Feyenoord to top it. Uh no, I'm gonna go Rangers. I'm gonna be bold. I'm gonna make a that be my uh my bold prediction. Okay, very interesting. I will go for FC Porto to top it and Rangers to finish second. We're now going to move on to Group H, which is Sesca Moscow, Espanol, Ferenc Varos, and Ludogorets of Bulgaria. Scott, your top two. Seska. Oh God. This is tough. <laughs> it is indeed. It is indeed. Um, do you want to do yours and then I'm, I'll just quickly think? Yeah, OK, that's fine. I will go for Seska Moscow to top it. And Fedek Varos, the biggest club in Hungary, are back in Europe. And um, I, think, um, I think they're going to have something to say. So as good as Espanyol are, 
I actually fancy Fedin Fardos to join Sesko Moscow in the last in the last both two. I will say I'm gonna say Espanol and Seska, but I will say Seska tops it with Espanol in second. Very interesting. We were, as I said, as I said uh, at the start of the pod, we'll agree for maybe eighty percent, and then uh, and then there'll be a few um, a few different opinions. But that's fine. It's all part of the service. Group E is Gent Alexandria from the Ukraine, Saint Etienne and Wolfsburg. Scott, you're top two. Uh, Wolfsburg and Saint Etienne. I fully agree. And as I say, Gent and Alexandria, I'm sure they will cause a surprise. But I think Wolfsburg have started really, really well in the Bundesliga. And keep an eye out for their Dutch striker, Wout Weghorst, who should be in the Dutch, not not just the squad, but he should be starting on Friday in Germany. But unfortunately, I don't believe he will be. But he's very much an overlooked player who will no doubt improve more in future. He, is about, to... he is about six foot seven, six foot He's eight. an excellent player. He's, yeah. I don't know how on earth, just to, just to regress slightly, he was he had scored 17 goals and given uh, seven assists in the, uh, in the Bundesliga and could not even get a place in the squad for the Nations League. And in the final, when the Netherlands needed something different against Cristiano Ronaldo and Portugal, they couldn't bring it because the player that could provide it wasn't even in the squad. So I hope Kuman learns his lesson. We're now going to move on to Group J, which is Borussia Mönchengladbach, Istanbul, Basakshir, Wolfsberger from... From Austria, although I said Pellets WAC, and also your team Roma, your top two, Scott. And uh, if you want to elaborate a little bit on Roma, please feel free to. Uh, I do think it'll be uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach and Roma to go through, but I do think um, Istanbul Bashak's here will um, cause a little bit of problems, but I do expect Roma and Borussia Mönchengladbach to. Get out of that group. I do feel with Roma, where the last few days of the transfer window, I thought they would struggle, but with the additions they brought in from the Premier League of Chris mm. Smalling um, and Henrik Nikitarian, along with Nikola Kalinic, I do think they will be equipped to go a little bit further in the Europa League this season. Oh, very interesting. So your top two is? Uh, Bruce Sigmund and Gladbach and Roma. I'll go, I'll go the other way around. I think Roma will top it and Mönchengladbach will finish second. We're now going to move on to Group K, which is Besiktas, Slovan Bratislava, Sporting Braga and Wolves. Scott, your top two? Uh, Besiktas and Wolves. Yeah, I fully agree. And uh, for those betting people out there, Wolves are priced at only 15 to 1 here in the Netherlands to win the Europa League. And as an Arsenal fan, I... I I must say, Wolves have done a tremendous job. But if Wolves win a European trophy before Arsenal win a European trophy again, I think that will be a absolutely mammoth statement. And um, I think Wolves will have a great tournament. I think they will reach the latter stages. I'm also slightly scared of them winning it instead of Arsenal. But um, that's for by the by and maybe something to speak about in the knockout stages. So, uh, Pesiktas 1, Wolves 2. Yeah. Um, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah I fully I agree. Will. I will say this, um, a drama Traore has started really, really well in the uh, in the Premier League and he's, he's starred in a couple of Europa League games against uh, Torino. So he will be a very good deputy for Matt Doherty on the right wing back. He's going to be explosive going forward. Mm. Didn't he just play for Middlesbrough? He did. Indeed. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, that's where I know him from. And the last, but no, not least, it's Isaac Alakmaier, FC Astana, Manchester United, and Partizan Belgrade. Scott, your top two? Oh, that's because oh, I will say Manchester United and Isaac Alkmaar. I will go for Manchester United and Partizan Belgrade. Um, for I think I mentioned it to listeners before, due to Isaac Alakmaier's roof collapsing. They will play their games in the foreseeable future in the stadium of Ada Den Haag in The Hague until uh, reparations are fully carried out. They did tremendously well to dispatch with Antwerp, but I just think these away days in particular, with especially going to Astana to play and also a difficult away day in Belgrade, um, they have done very well under the new manager, Arne Slot, I must say that. But I just think that uh, the guile of Partizan Belgrade will uh, will see them through in second place. And that concludes our rundown and preview of the UEFA Champions League groups and the Europa League groups. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as uh, as much as we have. Scott, can you give the uh, listeners your Twitter handle if they want to get in touch with you to say that they may well disagree or agree with <laughs> Regarding to your predictions, we could be horrifically wrong. Or... We could be, but it's all about having fun. But if we're right, by the same token, we're not going to blow out our trumpet, are we? Oh, we might stick our chest out. We might do. We'll see yeah. how it goes. If we can, if we can go into the archive and get this out back in May when it's a Wolves Arsenal final. Then... <laughs> um, yeah, you can follow me at Scott underscore Monroe. Um, I will be doing a bit more writing this season. I've had a couple of blogs which I did. In the last couple of weeks, one which came out Monday, I will be writing about Swindon Town a bit more this season. I've got something to do uh, that in the next couple of days. Um, someone who runs the Trust, Trust website and a very good friend of mine has asked me to do some pieces on Swindon Town this season. And uh, I agreed. I did one in the summer and uh, I'll be doing one in the next couple of days. Very good. How many followers are you away from a thousand now? Uh, I think it's 15. Well, okay, so I think you'll be getting that by October, I reckon. I uh, hope so. Yeah, it would be nice. Be a nice, a nice feat. Um, you, uh, listeners can also contact me at, at James Rowe and L. If you have any questions or uh, any uh, observations, feel free to send them through. Finally, before we go, we'd like to point you in the direction of the Man in the Post uh, podcast network, featuring the likes of Man in the Post extra time and unusual efforts. We have something for everybody, so uh, feel free to check that out. Thank you once again for joining us on our quest as our ship has sailed into European waters. And uh, finally, always remember to keep your man on the post. Thank you.